Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going for you? It's going good. How's it going for you? Going good. Yep, doing all right. Uh, what you been playing in the last week? Uh, I'm still trying to get a handle on Tunic. I did manage to uh, duck, roll, and dive enough to find the sword, which does help a lot with fighting the enemies. I mean, it's the difference between, you know, using a uh, glove to slap somebody around and then uh, hitting them with a tank. Okay. Uh, so I'm still kind of working my way through that. It's still super frustrating that I have absolutely no idea what's going on with anything. You you still find random instruction booklet pages in a language you can't read. Um, so I kind of only half know what's going on. Uh, found the shield. Um, found a store, um, so I was able to purchase bombs, which are super helpful against some enemies because they're damn near impossible to, you know, whack at with a sword. So you just gotta keep your distance and chuck explosives at them. Um, outside of that, I really haven't had a whole lot of time to play any games. Okay, okay. Um, that's the t- two nicks that fox game in it. That game yep. with the little fox thing. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to go and look at gameplay for that because I said I was going to, but I didn't. But there you go. Um, Alright, for me, I finished Horizon Forbidden West. I'm not going to say too much because I did a whole probably 30 minute review on it. Uh, The whole review is spoiler free. I'll probably mention it in the housekeeping section in a minute. But I've sort of moved on and put that behind me. Um, But I will talk about that a bit more later. Uh, So I've moved on from that. Um, Got Dying Light 2 back. So that's basically the game I've moved on to next. And then my plan is to try and finish Dying Light 2 before the 5th of um, uh, April, which is when the Skywalker Saga Lego game comes out. I rewatched the um, little 6-minute or 7-minute, whatever it was, a demonstration video, and that got me quite excited for that. So my goal is to, because that's not for another, like, what, two weeks or, you know, week and a bit or so um, for that. So that should give me plenty of time to finish Dying Light. I'm going to guess I'm about... 40% through Dying Light story, maybe, that's just my sort of guess. Um, I'm not really doing any side missions, because uh, I've not got the interest to, unless it's like the windmill stuff, which actually is quite fun to do, um, which is like, you know, your opening map kind of uh, climbing thing, but given that Dying Light 2 has a big emphasis on climbing, it's actually quite fun to do, so um been doing that. Uh, but today, I, I, only, I was only able to play... Um, uh, Dying Light 2 for like an hour so it was just me kind of settling back in because like going from <laughs> going from uh, Horizon to Dying Light 2 was a bit of a shift you know so um, got that going on um, played quite a lot of COD in, 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 in the last week or so um, managed to play some of that and then still finish Horizon which was good um, yeah so that's been that's been its usual shenanigans and fun and everything so that was good met a couple of nice people cool. Um, huh? I just said cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty fun to do. Met some nice people again yesterday, just, you know, friends of friends. Um, and you know, these people live in America and Canada and the UK and all these other different places. The the majority of players that I do meet on the game are from the US, but I'm going to guess that's where most of of the game's player base is from. Um, so there's that. Uh, so I made a couple of, uh, well, you can call them internet friends if you want to, but, you know, some nice people that I met 
online, which is kind of a rarity somewhat these days to meet nice people online, I suppose. Um, but that was good. Uh, but other than that, I will probably talk more about some Dying Light 2 uh, next week once I get a bit more into it. Um, I did almost have a game-breaking glitch with Dying Light 2, or what you could kind of consider a game-breaking glitch. What basically happened was uh, I had to go into this building at night, fight off a bunch of zombies, which was its usual kind of fun, and then um, bang on the door for to talk to this other character. And it kept coming up with, because like, it was like press square to knock on the door, and it kept saying, you can't do that, there's enemies around. And I'd cleared the whole place. Um, so I like went out the building. I went back in. It uh, didn't work. And then I say I loaded the previous save. Which meant I had to clear the building again. Which I actually managed to do it quicker the second time. So I'm not sure if it, had, it maybe worked out better. I don't know. Um, but I went in there and just started slicing and dicing kind of thing. Um, and then the door actually opened. Which was good. Um, so that was good. Um... Yeah, so that was that was quite fun. But as I said, I'll I'll speak more about Dying Light Two next week. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much most of what I've been uh, playing. Um, I did do the first very short part of Red Dead Redemption Two. Sorry, not Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, Red Dead Undead Nightmare on Twitch. I just wanted to do like a starter kind of episode, but I'll get back to that when there's sort of less stuff to play because I still want to like. Finish Dying Light 2, I would then want to play this Star Wars Lego game, I want to give Elden Ring a try, um, I also on Saturday had uh, Kenya Bridge of Spirits sent to me, um, or it has not arrived yet, it's been sent, um, I've not received it yet, that should be tomorrow or in the coming days, so I've got that to play as well, um, I'm not going to try and finish Kenya and Dying Light 2 before Star Wars gets here, because then I would be trying to just rush my way through games kind of needlessly, so... There's all that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what we've been playing. Um, I don't think there's anything else to mention particularly. Uh, so yeah, that's all that sort of stuff. Uh, let's get into some housekeeping and then we'll see you afterwards for some news. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but... It won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. 
but it's one per month, so one TV show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, um, on Thursday slash Friday, I did my review for the third season of a show called Servant, which is on Apple TV Plus, and I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. If you want to see me give praise, or listen to, I suppose, me give just loads of praise to a show, um, that is the newest example of me kind of doing that. Uh, it's a spoiler-free review for the first half, and then lots and lots of crazy, wild interesting spoilers to get into in the second half but you can listen to the first part of that spoiler free if you just want my uh thoughts on the on the on the season gave it a must-see rating one of the easiest must-see ratings i've ever given to anything um and i called it tv's best horror slash thriller show for those of you that are interested in it it's available on apple tv plus so you can check that out um speaking of my horizon review i gave it a possible skip rating i gave my reasons as to why on the episode so i won't repeat that here but that's for horizon forbidden west which of course is that game and uh, that whole review is spoiler free so you can check that one out as well uh walking dead we're still continuing with we're on, on to season 11 episode 13 we've got three episodes left of the b side of the season and then the show returns in october for the third and final part of uh well the final part of the whole series basically the third and final part of the 11th season which is the last season anyway so that's the walking dead stuff um i did a podcast called uh why it doesn't make sense to boycott hogwarts legacy which we did talk about a bit last week didn't we with the whole hogwarts legacy game thing but i thought i'd uh because we sort of touched upon the you know the jk rowling stuff and all that but i mainly wanted to focus on the gaming talk podcast on the actual gameplay you know the whole 15 minutes that we saw so i kind of um Gave three different examples or sort of reasons as to why it doesn't make sense to boycott the game. So I discussed that um, over there on that podcast. Um, So there's that one. Uh, I did another episode called Call of Duty. How Activision almost killed their cash cow. And basically talking about the fact that there's nothing particularly wrong with the games themselves. It's more... Well, there is problems with like certain games. But uh, it's more been... in, In the last two years, Call of Duty's kind of fall if you want to call it that has been caused more by studio mismanagement mismanagement from activision which we've discussed a bit here with like how they moved studios around and uh that kind of thing so uh talked about that so and if you want to listen to somebody who knows the call of duty franchise very well then that's me so that's that episode uh did a must-see review for a film called Windfall, which came out of nowhere. It suddenly just popped up on Netflix. Uh, stars very, three very, very good actors. Uh, gave it a must-see rating. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's Windfall. It's available to watch on Netflix. First half of the podcast, spoiler-free. Speaking of last week's Gaming Talk episode that I mentioned, we talked about Hogwarts Legacy. Again, a bit of the J.K. Rowling conversation, but also mainly focusing on the gameplay that was actually shown. I talked about Moss 2 and also Bethesda's future with uh, you shared some stuff about Starfield and that sort of thing. So we talked about all of that. I also did another film review called, uh, uh, sorry, for The Adam Project, which is on Netflix, which is a Ryan Reynolds starring film. Gave that a don't skip rating. Great little sort of popcorn flick type of thing with the fun of Ryan Reynolds in there. 
So I talked about that. Um, I did a DC Talk episode. Uh, talking about Green Lantern and the content that was cut. Or the fact that there was content cut of Green Lantern from Zack Snyder's Justice League. Also talked about their recent film delay news such as The Flash. Which was supposed to be out in 2018. And it's still not here yet. And also my predictions as to what Warner Brothers slash DC could do with the three different people currently playing Batman. Uh, must see review for Suspicion Season 1. That's another Apple TV Plus show. They've been knocking out some great content lately. Uh, Suspicion is another one of those. Uh, so the first season of that gave that a must see rating. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. And you can find us on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, let's jump into some news. Alright, so let's start off with the uh, kind of the bigger, well there's a few big events of the week really, given what we're going to be talking about today. But uh, let's do a CD Project Red um, focused section here. So I've got two different screenshots saved, one is more, more uh, Witcher focused and one is actually uh, Cyberpunk focused. So. Uh, from uh, CD Projekt Red says uh, CD Projekt Red announces a new Witcher game is officially in development being built on Unreal Engine 5 and then uh, an actual tweet from the Cyberpunk account because they did like a cross promo thing it's all CD Projekt Red so you know cross promotion Mm -hmm. that sort of thing says uh, for the next installment in the Witcher series of video games we're moving from Red Engine Uh, to Unreal Engine 5. However, Red Engine, the technology which powers Cyberpunk 2077, is still being used for the development of uh, the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077 expansion. So, uh, a bit to dig into there. So, essentially the news here is there is a new Witcher game in development. I think that had been rumoured like a couple of years ago, maybe. Around about the time that, uh, sort of just a as Cyberpunk was coming out, I remember there was some news like around that time that there was like, oh, you know, ru- rumor mill type stuff, um, a new Witcher game in development. But CD Projekt Red, this is them basically coming out and confirming that. Um, now, there was a photo which I'm going to use for the featured image for this week's episode of a medallion type of thing, which is like laid in the snow. There's the title just called The Witcher, A New Saga Begins. Um, I went and watched, uh, if you remember, I've mentioned Tyler McVicker a few times. He's very much mm-hmm. into the whole CD Projekt Red stuff. This includes Witcher and and that sort of thing. And he did a uh, bit of a panicked kind of video. He fell off his chair at one point. Um, but he did a video and he said that... I can't remember what was it that he said. He said something something to do with the medallion that was shown is from series uh, school or something. And there's a lot of rumours and suggestion, you know, within this last week or so, that you're going to be playing as Siri and it's going to be like a prequel story. Um, so, like, before she met Geralt, because I can't imagine that this game will need to touch on Geralt's story, because Geralt, Geralt's story, at least in the in, in the game, is, like, finished, finished. Um, so if you want to do a prequel thing and you can spend more time with Siri when she was younger and at school... That's what you could maybe go for. Um, if the gameplay for a Siri is anything like it was in The Witcher 3, she'll be pretty powerful and quite fun to sort of, you know, play as and stuff. Uh, so that's quite a good sign. 
I think. Um, so let's just touch upon that first, Robert. Um, you couldn't really quite get into The Witcher 3. You've you've explained this a few times on the podcast. Uh, but what do you make of a new Witcher game in development from CD Projekt Red? Uh, well, I'm not overly surprised that they're making a new Witcher game. Mm-hmm. It is quite by far their most popular and most successful franchise. Yeah. Um, between both The Witcher 3 proper and then the DLC, which is basically a game in and of itself, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> the series has done very very well um i'm not that familiar with the book so i don't know how much me me uh, siri as a character is in the book um and until we have some like definitive gameplay or announcements it's all just speculation um but i'm i am curious with the franchise that's done three games and who knows how much dlc based on Geralt Mm -hmm. to make a game sequel not about Geralt fans are obviously going to have reactions to that um and we'll just have to see how it goes Mm -hmm. I think it's quite a smart decision to use Siri because a lot of people have actually kind of said like hey it's quite likely that uh, CD Projekt Red would want to do another Witcher game you can't really keep going back to Geralt because you also finished his story so that would be kind of not beating a dead horse, but making sort of content you didn't really need. Um, so Siri would be the logical one, because you do actually play as her in parts of Witcher 3. I don't know about Witcher 2, I never played Witcher 2, but um, I'm guessing that was just in Witcher 3. Uh, and like you said, yeah, the Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, which were like games in of themselves, they were like 15 hours. And that's mm-hmm. that's like three Call of Duty games, <laughs> or two Call of Duty games roughly, because, uh, you know, you can get some shorter games and stuff, but um, I think that makes sense. I think when when people that have been interested in The Witcher have said, like, oh, I wonder what you can do after, you know, Witcher 3, There's, there was still a hunger for games in the, in the franchise. People have been asking for series. So this actually makes a lot of sense to me. And doing a prequel, you know, because you see, obviously, how her story kind of concludes in the, the Witcher 3 game. Um, so going back and showing, like... Um, kind of almost like what the TV show is kind of doing, like it sort of touched upon in season two, uh, with her learning and stuff like that, which I, I quite enjoyed seeing. Um, you could maybe get some stuff with Vesemir. I don't know how that would all quite line up, because obviously Vesemir is, um, uh, the one that teaches Geralt. So maybe you could do something with that, because you, you could have cameos from other characters, I just don't, I don't think you will, and I don't think that you should see Geralt, this should just be a Siri-focused story, um, and maybe there'll be some, if it's, if, if, if this is some sort of school, I don't know what, obviously, the school would be like in this world, um, I assume there'll be other students you can look at, um, and tell some stories with, and things, and maybe some of those are from the book, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of potential as to what you could do. I think this is quite exciting. I do I did think that CD Projekt Red would make another Witcher game at some point. I know it was kind of rumored before and stuff, but this is the thing that kind of makes the most sense. Now, how can you do a trilogy of these games? Because like you kind of had the Geralt trilogy with one, two, and three. Um, I don't know because I don't know how all that lines up with all the story and stuff. So yeah, um, I also kind of wonder within the books, and if anybody's read the books, please write in and let us know about like what they could do and stuff. If there's characters outside of the, the, this initial group, so you've got like Yennefer, Triss, Ciri, Geralt, you know, all, all those like main characters. Um, if you could do anything else, 
Um, because maybe you don't even necessarily have to do a Witcher-focused story, because obviously there's other Witchers like Vesemir. I wonder if you could do like a mage story, because you've got like Triss and Yennefer, who are uh, the mages. If you could do something there, that would make the gameplay a bit different, obviously. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, kind of a an interesting question I had. Right, so next month on the seventeenth, I'll be twenty-eight years old. Do you think that so just to timeline wise, right? Let's let's say in in two years time, I'll be thirty. So well, two two years and just under a month, you know, roughly that sort of time period. Do you think this game comes out before I hit thirty? Hard telling. <laughs> I mean, especially with all the shit they went through with releasing um, Cyberpunk before it was yeah. ready, even though it had been delayed like nineteen, twenty hundred, twenty, thirty hundred times. Um, I don't know that they'll ever risk releasing a game before it's like really, really ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna guess that this game's gonna come out when I'm 30, which is interesting to think about. So there we go. Um, so there's yeah, exciting news. I mean, there's not too much to know at the moment. It's just Witcher new saga. See you soon, type of thing. So. We shall see. Um, right, so let's move on to this uh, connected news about Cyberpunk. Um, so yeah, Red, uh, Red Engine will still be used for Cyberpunk, but um, Unreal Engine 5 will be used for this new Witcher game. And there's a new bit of news that they dropped out of the bottom. Um, technology which powers Cyberpunk 2077 is still being used for the development of the upcoming Cyberpunk Cyberpunk. Sorry expansion um tyler mcvicker has mentioned this in some of his videos before about um because you remember that patch they did like a few weeks ago a month ago maybe and it really it really did clean things up quite a lot with the game um you probably would have needed to do that before you released another big expansion um for for cyberpunk so i'm glad that because i went back and what was it patch one point five or so i can't remember what the newest one was the, the exact number but i remember going back into that and i was like yeah this is so much better but i don't want to just run around and do side quests for no kind of reason so i wanted some more some new kind of actual content um i did think that there was already a expansion in the works it's just that news on that had gone really quiet but i guess you know cd project red was working on getting the game in more of a stable situation as as opposed to saying here's more content on our game that doesn't quite really work the smarter thing to do which they seem to have done is hey let's put this bigger patch out which really clean things up and then put out this expansion because otherwise you're just going to probably piss people off more even though that's not hard to do these days um so yeah but I, i'm glad to hear that's in development i remember way back um Remember when they put that roadmap out, which didn't quite pan out exactly timing-wise, and they said patch like one, two, three, and four or something, and then at the end they had like expansion pack one and two. So mm-hmm. they did, they did. So they did say a while ago, like, okay, this is in our roadmap, and even though the roadmap, the timeline of it had shifted, they have kept it in line as to these are the things that we are doing, but they didn't necessarily happen on time. Um because it, it, it sort of shifted with the calendar calendar and stuff, but they never once said that they were not doing that expansion. It was just sort of things had gone really quiet on that front. So, like, were they still kind of doing it? But given this nugget of information, it seems that they still are. Um, so maybe that will be a sort of blood and stone, heart and wine type of thing. 
Um, I don't think they'll charge for this expansion because I think that would be a weird thing to do after everything that's happened with this game. Um, but yeah, what do you think of the? What do you make of the nugget of information there, Robert? With the expansion being sort of, I guess, reconfirmed, if you want to call it that. Yeah, it's not overly surprising. I mean, they did put out that roadmap. Um, granted, granted, things like that are more uh, guidelines than hard and fast rules. With uh, everything getting delayed constantly, so. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like I always said: if it's something that you like and you get more of what you like, that's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see when that uh, comes out. Because uh, in terms of patches for this game. In terms of the game that I went back and played, obviously I was playing on a PS5, so it's a bit better. Um, I don't think that version... I don't think the game now you need to really fix. Obviously, if you're playing it on like an Xbox One or a PS4, you're not going to get the same experience as a Series X or a PS5 or certainly a PC, obviously, which is the, the top end. Um, but, like, I looked around online at some opinions at a time when that patch came out, and most people were like, yeah, this is a lot, lot better, and they're actually having a really good time, so maybe the game doesn't need to be patched anymore. Maybe it's, I mean, obviously you're going to occasionally get the odd glitch and bug and, you know, th- things like that that are going to happen, that's going to happen in games, but, yeah, it's good to see that the game's in a better state, and we'll see what this expansion is actually for I think Tyler McVicker in a few of his videos has mentioned uh, P- um, Pacifica, which is this sort of worse part of the area of of the game. And what I mean by worse is like crime is worse and that sort of stuff. Um, and there was talk a while ago. I think Tyler mentioned it as well that they wanted to do something with Pacifica. So it could be that that could be the second expansion. I don't know. So we'll see. Uh, moving on from all that, so oh, good news all around, really. I think you know, new stuff coming, new new content coming out for these two games. Um, it's just that one's probably going to take a lot longer than the other one, but um, we shall see. Uh, let's move on from that. And talk about. I haven't got an article up for this. I just wanted to kind of discuss what's going on. Um, so Gran Turismo Seven or GT Seven, which I have been playing. I've actually stopped playing because I got kind of bored of it slightly. You can actually, <laughs> I put a, uh, I did a stream today, I streamed for about half an hour, and I was going through the license test things, and the way it was handled what I thought was kind of nonsensical, um, I should kind of explain what I mean rather than being kind of vague. So, I've been doing loads of races on this game, right, I've probably done 15, 20 races, something like that maybe, m- m- between 10 and 20 races I've done and for for pretty much all of them, the game asks you to finish in the top three. So like bronze, silver, gold, and it will get you a pass kind of thing um, in the races, which doesn't quite make sense. I mean, surely they'd want you to get gold, but whatever, you know, first, second or third place, I guess, is, is good enough. So I kept doing that and I was unlocking cars and I was having a good time. And I remember saying that on the podcast last time of like, oh, I'm just kind of going through winning races, collecting cars and it's kind of working out all right and then um i got to a certain part and it was like oh you've unlocked um what was it to- tokyo speed races or something like something like that it was called it was this like next sort of section of the game and because you get these like ai characters that they don't voice talk to you it's just in text sort of chat and one of the characters was like oh you've unlocked this tokyo race thing and i was like, oh that sounds 
kind of cool. Let's go on and go on to my next collection thing. Because you collect three cars from each thing. You do three races in like three areas or whatever. Um, I was like, okay, go on to the next one, do that. And he's like, oh, you'll need to do a license test for the the um, B license, I think it was. So I was like, all right, I'll go through and do those. And you can see me doing that on my the last stream that I did. And it just got me confused because I was doing really basic things like turns and stopping the car. And it's like, I've run how many races and you want me to do this now? Surely this is a way to do a tutorial for the game of like getting in some practice not when i'm about to go to like a tokyo sports speed race thing it doesn't make it didn't make any sense to me and then i did that it took like 10 minutes or whatever and it's like oh you can go and do this race thing now and then this other message from this other character came up and was like oh we want you to do the a license test and then it just looked like the same stuff so I kind of thought, why aren't you getting me to do that, that that at the start of the game so I can get a feel of the game and like what driving's like and doing turns and kills is really basic stuff like drive forward and stop in this spot. And it's like, okay, that's that's kind of strange. But anyway, I got kind of kind of fed up with it and I sort of stopped. So, but now I've moved on to Dying Light 2. Uh, anyway, the news within this that we wanted to talk about, I just thought I'd sort of set that out and put where I'm at with the game. Uh, microtransactions have been a big issue with this game. Now, I just want to say I've not bought any microtransactions. I don't really do that on, on games. Um, even in games that I play regularly, like COD, I've only, I only bought COD's uh, Season 1 Battle Pass, which was like two years ago, and then I never put any money into the game again, basically. Um, and I haven't had any problems with the game's currency system of being like able to afford car parts and cars and things like that. So... Um, essentially what they did was put the rewards down and the microtransactions up or something like that. And then they did this other shift and they had like, hey, message to the players from, um, I can't remember the, I can't remember the uh, dev's name. Um, and then they sort of put the rewards down and put the prices down. It's, it was something like that. They really kind of messed things up and, um, it's disappointing to see. It, it, it's really disappointing to see in the way it's been kind of handled and... Um, I I mean, there's a way that you can manage micro microtransactions, right? In terms of how much do you put them in a player's face, and what I mean by that is when you go to do progression-based things, so buying car parts, buying cars, progressing in the game, having like adverts for for that kind of stuff. And I never felt like the microtransactions were really shoved in my face. Because I've seen that happen. In, I mean, it kind of happens on COD, to, to be honest. As much as I love that game, it does happen on that. And I've seen it happen on, like, Assassin's Creed, you know, with the XP boosters and that sort of stuff. Um, but it, it's very, very disappointing. I just thought I'd bring it up because, you know, I've been playing the game and that sort of stuff. So we'll see what they do if they try to change things again or, or whatever. But um, what do you make of this situation? Yeah, I've never understood the concept of making people not want to play your game. Because mm -hmm. I have seen some posts from the developers, and they're like, oh, we want <clears throat> we want the cost of getting the car in-game to reflect the real-world cost of getting the car in real life. Like, hello? Um, the whole point, well, not the whole point, but a good chunk of the point of playing these games is getting to be around and driving cars that you will never be able to afford in real life mm. and they're right. straight up tweaking the xp bonuses and the money bonuses to make it harder 
to do exactly that, and that makes zero sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was weird because that was all happening, right? And then, not today, but yesterday, I was looking a bit deeper into the menus because I wanted to try and put a spoiler on my car, and I was browsing the menu to see if I could do that or like change the um color of the cars. And I found my way into this menu, and it was like, oh, you have five. Was it five? Five uh, gift items. I was like, okay, see what this is. Might be a car or something. And it was basically this, not roulette. It was. It had like five items. Some of them were coins. Some of them were car parts, like exhausts and stuff. And this blue spotlight would go around in a like, in within the circle, and it would eventually land on an item, and you would get it. And then. Four of the cards I had were red, and I got like five thousand coins from each because all, all of the, all of the turns I got from that landed on coins, and then I had this other one. It was blue, and it said, on the front, um, a million. I think it was a million, um, coins. And I was like, okay, that seems like a lot for, of coins, and I can't remember what I did to earn that. It probably came up at some point. And I clicked it off or something. And then I and then it said, oh no, you've got like a million coins. It was from this blue card. If anybody knows why I got that or whatever. Um, and then I went and bought a Lamborghini. And then it was like, and then the races started to become like, well, not too easy. Like my car was my car was able to go past like anything that I was racing against, but the car was really hard to stop. Obviously, because it was really fast. And I was like, how how has this sort of happened? Because I was winning, winning races by a whole minute or so. And I was like, okay, this is kind of fun, but also sort of not. Because there's no challenge. <laughs> Whether that would have changed later after I did all the nonsense license test stuff. And where that was put and everything. Um, but yeah, it's like you said. like when, when would I be able to buy a Lamborghini, if if ever? And you, you know, you have the, like you said, the experience of racing with those cars. Uh, which is Which is really cool. So... So something with like the the balance of the microtransactions and how the progress works is just a bit of a of a mess in this game. So um, it's also surprising to me that because you you start up the game and it's got like messages and stuff at the bottom, and then it says world map and it says it says world map and then it says um, uh, music track or or something. It's where you drive to music in a beat or something. It's whatever it is, um, and then it's got world map. So the only thing on this, the only two modes on this whole game is the career mode basically, and this music thing. And I was kind of thinking like, let's just say hypothetically, I got my dad a DualSense controller. Just just I haven't, but let's just say I did, or somebody got a controller and was like, hey, do you want to play? Do you want to have a race in Gran Turismo? I don't know how you actually do that. Because there's no sort of... It's not like in FIFA, right? When I boot up FIFA... Um, there's arguably too many game modes. But there's like kickoff, career mode, tournaments, ultimate team... Um, arena thing. And... If you have like a friend with you or you know, whoever with you... And you're like, hey, do you want a game of FIFA? They don't have to play your career mode thing or do a tournament. You can just go, hey, kickoff, May United, Liverpool, whatever. And then you just set it to whatever and you and you go... Um, so that was really quite strange. So, overall, just a really strange, odd thing that's going on with with Gran Turismo Seven. So, I mean, the, the, in terms of like the gameplay and stuff, this game's pretty good. 
Um, I felt I was being, you know, challenged with the races and stuff, and the way the controller reacted to when I was accelerating and braking and turning around corners and stuff was was really good. It's just other things around this game that just uh, just aren't very good. So there we go. Anyway, that's the situation with GT7s or Gran Turismo 7s, microtransactions and structure of the game, if you want to sort of call it that. Uh, anything else you want to say about that? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I love racing games. They're always a good fun. They're always a great way, especially if you're launching a console, hmm. to show off uh, the tech and the graphics, which I know doesn't make the game better, but it is a way of showing that. That's hmm. why it's a cool with the thing. console... Yeah. Yeah, with console launches, there generally tends to be a racing game as part of the launch lineup. Um, but yeah, it makes no sense to want to hamper people's ability to collect cars in a game where half of the game is collecting cars. Yeah, that's what the career mode is. <laughs> yeah, um, but there you go with that. Uh, Robert, you're <clears throat> you're usually the one who has kind of the the fun some some of the fun random stuff that we talk about. But uh, I came across something myself this week that I wanted to share on the episode. This isn't strictly gaming related, but it's NTF related, which these days is kind of gaming related. So there's a YouTuber called Angry Joe. I'm sure many of you have heard of him. He's very popular. I like some of his videos, not all of them, and I couldn't get through his Last of Us videos because I just disagreed with him on a monumental level. But you know, his opinion, not mine. It's cool. Um, but he's known for uh, having rant videos, which I myself, if if rant videos are done correctly, can be kind of funny sometimes, and some of his are. And he did a video where somebody had sent him a video on Twitter. Now, I'm going to describe what the video is first, and then talk about his actual video. So the video that he was sent is of this person going to some place in America... And going to a vending machine. Now, what do you usually find at vending machines? You might get a drink, a snack, you know, that kind of thing. You probably have them at workplaces and stuff like that. Um, So this was an empty vending machine. So it had nothing, like, in the glass that you could look at and browse the items of, which is how that normally works. So the reason the vending machine is empty is because this uh, this is an NFT vending machine. So what you essentially do, you go up to, you know, you'd usually put in your coins and stuff like that. You Mm -hmm. put your phone up to a scanner, or at least that's what this person did. They clicked on something on their phone, put their phone up to a scanner, and this voice replied back and said, like, please choose the item that you want. And it had a code thing, like you would in a normal vending machine, like 005 or something for a can of Coke, maybe. And they typed in some number, and they said, thank you for your purchase or whatever. I'm assuming that it charged this person's credit card that was probably tied to their phone because they didn't put a card or any coins in today. I assume they brought it through their phone. And this little packet drops out. Same way it normally does in a normal vending machine. He put his, you know, he went to collect it at the bottom, took it to what looked like his home or something, opens this little blue packet thing, takes this little, like, barcode piece of paper out, scans the barcode, it takes him to this website, and he shows... This person shows um, himself doing all this and clicks on this thing, logs into this page and it's a picture of a blue square that this person's brought. And then that's where Angry Joe kind of lost his shit. Kind of made sense as to why. I mean, his his reaction was a little bit kind of over the top, but whatever. Um, so yeah, this person had basically gone to a vending machine, one with nothing in it because these are digital items, paid for a picture through his phone 
by a vending machine of a blue square. Now there's nothing stopping me going on Google, typing in blue square, clicking on images and then picking from probably hundreds of pictures. Different shades of grey or I mean heck you could probably go into just, I could probably just open paint and or the image thing that I've got and just make a square of whatever size, fill it in blue and then save the picture as a blue square. Uh, it didn't show, I, I didn't notice in the video how much it's showing how much he paid for this thing. But I'm going to guess it was probably quite a lot of money. Um, so what do you, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw this story at all or, or, or whatever. But uh, what do you, what do you make of that? Because that's kind of something. I haven't seen this story. I've given up trying to understand why people put money into things. Um, <clears throat> it is what it is. Um, yeah. I've just I've long since gone past the point of trying to understand the insanity and just accepting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a real thing a person did. They went to a vending machine and they paid for a picture of a blue square. So, yeah. Um, fun fact, actually, I remember when I was on SoundCloud for Entertainment Talk, and basically I couldn't move my current iTunes feed over to Castos because there was like too many episodes. It was a big um, you know, issue to deal with. So what I ended up doing was grabbing all the episodes. I slowly downloaded all of them. This was a couple of years ago. And I just made a new uh, iTunes feed for Entertainment Talk. And I put an episode on the old feed and said like, Hey, could you be making a new thing because of this and that? And uh, sorted that out. And then what I actually did was... Because I was still telling, like, you know, people I knew and stuff. I was like, hey, search for this on iTunes. And they were finding this feed that hadn't been updated for ages because it was the old one. So what I did, uh, I wasn't sure what else to actually do. I, I still kept the name on there called Entertainment Talk. I left an episode in there to say what was what had happened to the feed, I think. And um, I went on Google. I typed in white square. Because all I wanted was just a blank picture, basically. To just show, like, okay, this clearly isn't the right feed it's not got the logo or whatever so i went on google typed in white square it didn't matter what size the picture was it was just the white square and then i replaced it with that just so that people would kind of look at that and think oh that's probably not the right one i'll look for the other one um it's probably still on itunes actually because um yeah it probably still is and then obviously with the new feed i was like hey everyone this is the new feed come over here and subscribe um put the name and the proper logo into into the castos one that i've got and then kind of went from there. But um, no, I didn't have to. Obviously, NFTs weren't really kind of a thing back then. Um, but no, I didn't have to go on an NFT and buy a picture of a white square. I just Googled it. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all that kind of stuff um, with Angry Joe. And of course, if you search for his name on YouTube, you'll probably find his channel. And if you want to watch the video, you can do that as well. So there's that. Uh, let's go into some rumour mill stuff. We've not had a rumour mill section for a long, long time. But um, this is something that's quite likely to happen. There's been a lot of sort of insider stuff going around about this. I think there was a Bloomberg article floating around as well. Um, so this information came out, I think, Thursday, Friday-ish, maybe Saturday. And it says, uh, Project Spartacus, which if you remember is supposed to be PlayStation's new like subscription service for live streaming and demos and kind of... It's been kind of labelled as PlayStation's answer to Game Pass, although it looks like it's going to try to do different things to Game Pass. 
Um, there's a lot of reports going around that this service is going to be revealed next week, so this upcoming week. It's Sunday today, obviously. Um, no information has really been put out there. There was a fake image that was circulating on Twitter of like four different tiers, but people noticed like typos and error, errors and stuff and realized it was fake. Um, so that's kind of going on with that. Um, there was also some news a while ago. I think I remember you brought this up that there were PlayStation Now cards or something that were being taken out of certain US stores because you can go and buy like the cards, can't you? Of um, like a month of PlayStation Now or whatever it was. Um, so apparently some of those have started disappearing from like game stores and things, which would indicate that Sony's trying to sort of ease off of the PlayStation Now stuff to convert it to Spartacus or whatever Spartacus is, Spartacus is going to end up being called. Uh, so Robert, what do you make of all this and uh, do you think this will be revealed next week? Yeah, Jason Schreier is reporting that they're planning an imminent release of its new subscription service called Spartacus. Um, that's the code name for it at the moment. I don't know if it'll officially be called that. Um, according to the tweet... There's going to be essential, extra, and premium, premium, which are priced at $10, $13, and $16, respectively. Um, of course, once the service is announced, then we'll know for sure, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, a message we've got, which is related to this. Um, so we can kind of continue the conversation with that. Harrison writes in, says, uh, Hey again, guys, Project Spartacus being revealed. Um could be mass- a massive talking point for the pod uh what do you both want from it and do you think sony's refusal to put uh triple a first party titles day one could affect it because of the 70 dollar uh price tag uh so i'm going to answer your last question first no i don't think that has any if- is going to have any effect on it because uh, that's already kind of not a thing because playstation doesn't put their first party games day one on playstation now which they could do but they're already they're they're already doing that to where they aren't putting they're like, you know, Last of Us 2, Horizon, uh, GT7, you know, that type of stuff. They're not putting those games on the service. They will do, obviously, like, later and stuff, um, those sorts of games. So I, I don't think that will affect those games. Uh, obviously, $70 is a lot, but it is what it is. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't see them. I don't see them changing that once Spartacus comes out, because Sony's made it quite clear that they don't have the intention to do that. And given how Sony's games get treated like blockbuster games, uh, like these big kind of event things, you know, like Horizon, Last of Us, God of War, that type of stuff, you know, Ghost of Tsushima, um, I don't see Sony changing their stance on that because all those games do very, very well. So from a business standpoint, to to me, it doesn't make any sense to change that. But we'll we'll see if they do, but I don't think that they will. yeah, it's going to be a big talking point when it gets announced. Obviously, we'll probably have... How many tiers do you reckon there'll be for this thing? Maybe three is kind of what it it's, it sounds like. Um, like a basic and then premium and then like an ultimate version or something. That's, that's some of the rumblings I'm hearing is that there'll be like three different tiers. Or yeah, that's something. what they're saying is three tiers, at least some of the news articles I found. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, what do we want from it is Harrison's other question. Um, I'll let you answer that one first. So, so Sony comes to you and says, we've got a thing called Project Spartacus. It's going to be a new subscription service. Um, I guess, you know, what would you want from it to say like, hey, yeah, I'll subscribe to that for such and such. What would you want 
from a Sony service like that. Well, I can tell you if they don't do any games that are owned, that are done by studios owned by Sony, as a day one part of that surface, uh, it's not going to fly. Um, because one, Microsoft already does that. And two, if you're not getting day one content of studios that Sony owns as part of the service, then what are you getting a service for? You're literally hampering any and all of your content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so you want like day one games, basically. Yeah, day one games. Yeah. Um, I think what makes sense to do, because uh, I've been hearing about like demos or trials or something. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like let's say God of War Ragnarok, which is probably the next one, right? Um, I wonder if like God of War God of War Ragnarok comes out, and they because that's going to be what an eighteen hour game, give or take, you'd say maybe for the story. Obviously, it would take you, you know, probably fifty hours or whatever to complete it. I wonder if they could say to you, like, here's, you can install a trial of this game, you can play it for, what's a good length, like an one to three hours maybe, something like At that. At a minimum, three hours. I mean, yeah, you that... spend the first hour learning how to play the game. <laughs> yeah, so let's say, let's say they say to you, right, you can play three hours of Ragnarok, if you really like it, um, you can then buy it for obviously the $70, or I guess maybe if you're subscribed to the thing, and you complete a the and you finish the trial, maybe you get it for slightly cheaper or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they say, "Hey, you, you know, you've just done three hours of this game. You'll be able to continue your save file." Essentially, what you could do is have it so that like your mid game, and then it says like your trial or whatever has expired. You simply could click because your credit card will probably be on the on the thing still, and you could just click like purchase and continue, and then the game just carries on or something. Um, although I suppose it would depend because obviously a game like God of War would be quite big so you've got the install size so would that let you only install the first three hours and you've got to install the rest later um, possibly but that I think that's like a sub answer to maybe what you would want because then you could at least get a taste for the game for free in quotes you know with the subscription thing and then if you want the rest of it you pay the full price for the game I think that's a slight. I think that's. I think that makes more sense than just you subscribe to this thing and don't get any of the game, or you optionally subscribe and then pay our seventy dollars. So the demos thing that I'm hearing about could be a good option for that. Um, what I would want is classic games, because um, I do. There's a collector's part of me that does want to physically collect or have a working PS One to Five. And I've got a working PS2, 4, and 5. I've got a PS3 as well, but the disk drive doesn't doesn't work. Uh, so PS1's the only one that I'm kind of missing, and a working PS3. Obviously, that would cost money as well. But if I could kind of forget that for now, and they say, like, hey, you can pay £10 or whatever a month, and here's a bunch of PS1, because I'm not really concerned about PS4 games, and those aren't really classic games either. Um, you can play a bunch of PS1, 2, 3 games, they're all ported to the system, um, but then Sony would have to figure out backwards compatibility, <laughs> so, mm. and I suppose the other alternative to that, because they can't seem to figure out PS3 games, and you can download certain PS2 classic games, like, you can go and download, um, the GTA games, not the remastered versions, the old versions of, like, San Andreas, you can go and get Jack and Dexter, so you can do it with PS2 games, 
Um, PS1 games you can get as the classic thing on, on Vita and PS3. So if you could do that on that, why can't you do it? If you could do that on a Vita, why couldn't you do that on a PS5? Um, so I suppose if they were to say classic games, I would be fine with just PS1. I would, I would still subscribe for PS1 and 2 games, so I could go back and play some of those. Um, so that would be like a selling point for me. I'm not really quite so bothered about the demo stuff or day one games, because obviously I rent those sorts of games. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like, discounts and stuff online, it will be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, but, yeah, so you're saying you'd want day one games, and I'm saying I would want, like, just access to classic games and stuff. So Yeah, let, um, let's be honest. Sony's going to figure out Cold Fusion and World Peace before they figure out backwards compatibility. Right, <clears throat> right. I, I think PS3 is the real problem they've got. I don't know that necessarily PS1 and 2 are the, are the problem. Well, certainly PS2 isn't because you can do that on. Because I, I, I can go on my PS5 now and download the versions I've purchased for Jack and Dexter 1, 2, and 3. So that's not an issue. Um, so if you literally make those games part of the service, I don't see what the issue is there. Um, you're just giving me a different way to get them and then just figure out a way to put PS1 games on there. Which, again, I can go and play like. Toy Story 2, the PS1 game on my Vita. So if I can do that on my Vita, why can't I do that on my PS5? But then the PS3, the whole, um, what was it, cell processor unit rubbish that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if they say, like, hey, we can't do PS3 games, I'm not going to be particularly bothered about that. Um, so anyway, because a lot of those games, if they're like third party ones, such as Resident Evil 4 that I brought the other day and Red Dead Undead Nightmare. I can get some of those on Xbox. So that's kind of my workaround for that. Um, and other games that have been first party like Uncharted and Last of Us, I've already played those. So I I, I can't think of too many PS3 games I'd want to go back and play, but I can think of plenty of PS1 and 2 games that I would. So we'll, we'll have to see. They might not do any of what we've just said, and they might do something else. So... Yeah, um, I'm going to guess that streaming games is going to be a part of this, but it's already part of PlayStation now, so that kind of makes sense. But I have no interest in doing any of that, as I've discussed before, so we'll just have to see what they do. In terms of being revealed next week, that seems to be a lot of the rumour stuff. Now, last week we had a Harry Potter State of Play, or Hogwarts Legacy. The week before we had one that was a bunch of games. Would Sony do three State of Plays in a row week after week? Because if you're going to reveal this thing this week, that would be possibly another state of play. I guess you could drop that as like a PlayStation blog thing of just a bunch of writing about what this thing is. Um, what do you what do you, do you think they'll go for three in a row? <laughs> or you uh, never know, they could. Or, yeah, or do you think this will be a blog post thing? Because this is this is kind of a big deal. I think I don't know that I don't know that that's something that you just put out in a blog post. Um. So, which which one do you think they'll go for? Uh, they'll most likely they'll do a blog post. I don't know if they'll do mm. a, a full state of play for something like this because it doesn't really need a state of play. Because well, what would they maybe a state of play? Thing? Maybe just a YouTube <clears throat> video or something. So, ah, uh, more likely it'll just be a blog post. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you'll probably all know next week because if it gets announced between now and next week, we'll probably talk about it. So, I can't imagine that we wouldn't. Uh, Alright, let's move on from that and talk about Battlefield. And don't worry, it's not going to be me ridiculing Battlefield yet again. Even though that was 
quite fun to do. What was it two weeks ago? Me trying to figure out um, what you can and can't do on that game. Uh, so where was the image I'd save for this? Um, one second, I just need to find this. Ah, here we go. Right. Um, so this is from GameSpot, and they put out a thing that said, uh, The next Battlefield game has reportedly, I don't like that word, but it's written here, entered uh, pre-production after DICE learned, quote, valuable lessons from Battlefield 2042. I don't have the whole information from the article, but that was the uh, cliff notes of what was written. Um, Big Fry, who I follow for like first-person shooter type stuff, um, Big Fry TV over on YouTube, he's quite a good content creator. Um, he did make a video about this. I didn't get around to actually watching it, so I don't know what he said. Um, have I got? We got an email about this. Uh, yes, we have. Uh, and this is another one that we had an email for. Uh, James wrote in and said, "So with EA's Battlefield news, uh, what do they need to do with the next one?" and Will the rumoured hero shooter work? Um, yeah, that was something that was rumoured before as well. Um, the EA... There, there was this thing that was going around a while ago. And this was like before a couple of the recent patches. That Battlefield wanted to do this kind of... EA wanted to do this like Battlefield universe type thing. Where they have like multiple Battlefield games on the go. And one of them was rumoured to be a hero shooter. You know, like an Overwatch type of thing or whatever. Um, to me that doesn't make any sense for a Battlefield game to do a hero shooter because then you take away the whole idea of like gun customization because you know in Overwatch you can't cut you can customize like skins and things like that but you can't edit anything they have what they have for their weapons and whatnot so if you would essentially do a hero shooter where you'd have what a medic a soldier a sniper um, a bomb person, you know, like bomb specialist or something. Um, for a single player game, that would make a certain amount of sense. I remember the old um, Spec Ops games used to do that. Actually, they were really, really good. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think that would really work because yeah, just the whole military thing. And if you're gonna do a hero shooter, and you've got characters like Tracer and Soldier 76, you know, from Overwatch. They've got, like, lines of dialogue and personality and outfits and stories. If you just had, like, Sergeant Jack or something and then, like, Commander Shepard or whatever, um, that doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? As, as if you have, like, actual characters 
in the game. So across the board, if you would, because I know that um, Apex Legends kind of does that. It's sort of got the hero shooter aspect. Um, I know you can still pick up whatever guns you want, but you can play as certain characters, can't you? Um, but with games like uh, Battlefield and, and Call of Duty, Call of Duty's got a couple of like notable characters, but not really enough for like a hero shooter. For those kinds of like customizable first person military grounded shooters it doesn't make any sense to do a hero shooter for that so i hope that they've ditched that idea um it's just interesting to me that because this to me says like oh they've looked at what's happened the disaster that this game has ended up being and you know we kind of said about the voice chat stuff and how that's not in the game and i tried to figure out what was and wasn't in this game a few weeks ago um this kind of sounds like hey let's just throw this game in the bin and try to do the next one which makes a small amount of sense but also if it's so if you're because i'm not like a hardcore battlefield player I've, I've played some of them not all of them i've dabbled in them online and stuff i've done some of the campaigns i think i did like three and four and hardline maybe um obviously i didn't play that much of 2042 because i found out how bad it was after about 10 minutes um so if you're about if you're a hardcore battlefield player and you're like yeah every time these games come out i'm gonna get the new one i'm gonna be really excited and you buy 2042 and you're like this is really really bad like really 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 bad and then you pay what probably 70 dollars for the base version because there's like deluxe versions of this game as well you pay that and then how long ago was november about four months ago five months ago so four or five months later the game's in a state of disarray where certain things don't even work, certain things, basic functions like voice chat haven't been included, and you've paid like full price for this game, and then DICE, EA come over to you and they say, hey, don't worry about this game, we've got a new one in development, but it means you have to give us another $70 when we make this new one. Would you even trust that they would, like, you would kind of turn around and think like, hey, why can't you fix this thing I just bought instead of giving me a new thing that might be just as broken um so because this is kind of a sort of like hey let's abandon ship and make another game right so we can kind of start from scratch but instead of putting resources so soon like less than six months into a new game you gotta just try and fix this one first um but i don't know i don't know what to make i don't know what to make of that so i mean i've already spoken about it there uh robert would you make of this situation and Dice slash EA tried to seemingly abandon ship also? Uh, it's always hard to do any kind of a hard shift like that with your games. Mm. Uh, so you don't really know where they're going with it. Um, it's not a section of games that I really play that much. So I don't have that much background in it. So we'll just have to see what comes out. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's just that thing of like, you pay for the game, doesn't work. They say they're going to make a new one. But then why would you trust that the new one's going to be any good? You know? Especially, like, less than six months after the new one's released. And there's still, like, so much that needs to be done to this game. Um, So, because I don't know... I can't remember if we read any reports about how well the game sold. I can't remember, like, that sort of stuff. I mean, they Can always look... sell good, but it's like the, yeah. the sports titles. I mean, they just put it out and it sells five million copies. Yeah. Yeah, but I get what I was gonna try and say. I guess is if from a business side this game has made money, and you don't have to worry about it anymore, 
I guess that's EA's sort of cheeky way of sort of jumping ship and kind of okay this one made money it didn't work at all but it made money so let's just use that and make the new game so I don't know we'll see uh, anyway so stuff I got for this week Robert how about yourself uh, well first up uh, Sony announced that it is acquiring Jade Raymond's studio called mm. Haven uh, if you don't know who Jade Raymond is that's understandable I don't either uh, it's a name that I always see, but I never understand why. I mean, I know she worked on Assassin's Creed. Um, she was part of Stadia Games and Entertainment. Um, she launched a studio last year called Haven, um, and that has been since bought by Stone- Sony. Uh, no games have come out yet, obviously, since the studio itself is only a year old. Uh, nothing developed, nothing in the network. Um no announced games, no announced projects, so this whole thing kind of confuses me. Mm. Just looking at uh, her Wikipedia CV stuff, I guess. Um, so you got The Sims Online, Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Bloodlines, uh, Assassin's Creed Unity, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Watch Dogs, Far Cry 4, Mighty Quest for Epic Loot, Battlefront 2. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, sorry. Uh, 2017 game. Uh, most of those games are pretty good. I mean, Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Bloodlines, Split Cell Blacklist, Watch Dogs, they're all very good games. Um, I mean, I think Watch Dogs 2 and Legion are much better games, but that's what you're supposed to do with a sequel, is learn what was good, learn what was bad, do more of the good and less of the bad, right? Um, so, you got that. Assassin's Creed Unity, that was... Uh, you know, not helped by Rogue coming out in the same year. I remember that was the sort of double year that they tried to do. Far Cry 4 was probably the last good one uh, that they made. I remember some parts of Far Cry 5 and New Dawn. That was like the Joseph Seed stuff, wasn't it? With the cult and church mm-hmm. and whatnot. That was good, but I remember Far Cry 4 being alright. Um, I think Far Cry 3... No, Far Cry 4 was the Troy Baker villain. Far Cry 3 was the Vass... Uh, like the, the definition of insanity and all that. That was that villain. Uh, Battlefront 2 obviously had its microtransaction problems and whatnot. The story was a bit meh. Um, but if she's going to make anything like anything third person action, so Assassin's Creed, Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs, it's in good hands because the games that she's got on her. Um, she's listed as. Uh, I should know what she's listed as. So producer for Assassin's Creed 1 and then Assassin's uh, Creed 2 Bloodlines, Split Cell Blacklist and Watchdog, she's noted as executive producer and then Assassin's Creed Unity Managing Director, Far Cry 4 Managing Director uh, Mighty Crest for Epic Loot, Executive Producer and then Star Wars Battlefront 2, I don't know what this means SVP Group Manager Senior Vice President Okay, yeah, uh, Group um, general manager so in terms of her being a producer on stuff it's got some pretty good games there so if what she's working on here or this team is is working on here uh makes a third person action game she's got a pretty good cv written down there because i mean i know i've spoken at length about you know assassin's creed and kind of what's happened those are the better assassin's creed games i mean revelations was really good as well because um, i would say assassin's creed one two three Revelations, Brotherhood, uh, are probably the best Assassin's Creed games. I mean, some of the later games have their have their merits, but 
that's really the sort of Desmond, uh, Ezio, Altair story, which is like the best of Assassin's Creed, and she was involved in most of that. Uh, Split the Cell Blacklist, um, I don't know what happened with her on Conviction, if she just wasn't on that one. Um, yeah, very good. So what would you what would you make of her CV, and what would you sort of want them to do, I suppose? I mean, like I said, I see her name attached to like all these projects, but I never really hear how she's involved in it. I mean, is it mm-hmm. is it like when a, a TV show is four seasons into it and every main star is an, a producer attached to each episode? Are they actually producing it or are they just getting their names on a credit? Um, mm. And I don't say that lightly because if you, if you think of some producers, like you know it's a Hideo Kojima game because he has a very distinct style. Mm-hmm. You know it's... Um, a double fine game because um, the guy whose name I can't think of it right at the second, he has a very distinct gameplay style. It's very, very Tim Schafer. Yeah. It's, it, you can tell it's a Tim Schafer game because it's very obviously a Tim Schafer game. The early uh, gears um, with Cliff Blazinski, it's, it was very obvious when he was on that project and when he was not on that project. Um, I see her name attached to all these games and they're all fairly different. And I can't discern a style out of it. Now, does that just mean that she's like some behind-the-scenes organizer making sure shit gets done? Cool, awesome. Totally, totally in favor of that. Um, but outside of that, I, I could not pick up a game and say, yes, Jade Raymond made this game. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where my confusion lies in. I see what you mean. I suppose, because I sometimes wonder about that as well. Like, I think in the later seasons of 24, like, Kiefer himself, obviously Jack Bauer, is listed as an as a, as a like, producer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of always took that as, like... Because, obviously, you have your um, writer's room and you have your table reads and that sort of stuff. I imagine that those people in those rooms and you can sort of, like, spread around your ideas and stuff. Because um, the CV I see here for her, like, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry... Splinter Cell Watch Dogs. There's some there's some similarities between those games. I mean, a bit less so with Far Cry, obviously, first-person shooter, but there's a lot of third-person action stuff here. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, what what she's what she's doing. And I guess given the Sony template, as it's called, you know, with uh, Days Gone, Last of Us, Uncharted, Horizon, God of War, they're all third-person action games in their own way. Um, so I, what I'm saying is, what I'm re- seeing here from her, what she's done, what she's been on, that fits pretty well with Sony's palette. Yeah, um, it's a good match in terms of her working with Sony and Sony buying their studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what they uh, come up with at the studio and what she comes up with and what Sony decides to do with the studio. Um, and we'll have to see. But that's that's one I'm in. I'm intrigued by. Um, and it would make sense if they did a third person action game i mean at sony they probably will so yeah but hey if, you, if you're good at doing something which they clearly are uncharted last of us horizon god of war the list goes on um keep doing what you're what you're good at i suppose so uh all right what else do you want to talk about today uh well if you're a huge uh gta online fan and have an aversion to money gta online plus is now being launched on march 29th for PS5 and Series X slash S. It is a subscription service that costs $6 a month. Uh, for that $6, you get a monthly uh, deposit of 500000 GTA dollars. 
Um, you get bonuses for money and RP on races. If you have a yacht, you can upgrade to a luxury yacht for free. Um, exclusive shirts, exclusive wardrobes, exclusive vehicles, and this also makes very little sense. Because, for one, that game makes a crap ton of money anyways. Voluntary. And now, apparently, people want to spend $6 a month. So, if you want in on all of this, you have to have a console or a PC that is that can run this new version of the game. So, let's just say PS5. Then you have to buy the game. Then you have to pay for PS Plus, whatever it is, online. And then this thing on top of it. That's a lot mm-hmm. of money. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah, it's... it's. I, I saw a few people kind of tweeting about this. And I, I agreed with most of them in terms of like... What has happened to Rockstar? Um, I mean, how much money do you want to try and get from this game? I mean, they've sold like 150-something million copies of this game. 165, something like that. I remember last time... We read about it because um, Red Dead Two was on like sixty five or something. Obviously, it's a newer game, um, but since I think it's like since twenty thirteen, which is nine years later, um, they sold like a hundred and sixty something million copies of this game. And obviously, it's been on. So, what's this game been on? It's been on three sixty, PS three, Xbox One, PS four, PS five, and PC. So mm-hmm. six six console, well six machines. Because it's not on Switch yet, is it? Yeah, going so. back to like I want to say 2013. Yeah, yeah, it was it was one of uh the 360 PS3 eras like last games. Um, came out about the same time as Last of Us and that. So, but like really, how 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 much do you need to milk out this game before? Because you've got like the shark cards and stuff. I don't actually understand how they work because I've not looked into that or, or whatever because um, I used to play GTA Online I never used to buy shark cards though um, I guess it's like currency for the game or whatever isn't it so um, yeah I just it, it, it's quite incredible what they're trying to get out of this game in, in the worst way like possible um, and I know we've heard a little nugget about like oh yeah GTA 6 is in pre-development or whatever they said um, and that's what I'm waiting for next from Rockstar. Because um, pro- I, I wonder if they're ever going to do anything with Red Dead again. Because Red Dead Online's kind of gone a bit dead from what I have read and understand. Well, the thing with um, Red Dead Online is that you don't have the, for lack of a better word, the diversity that you do with GTA Online. I mean, being set in the 1800s, you know, you can't have your flying cars and your giant robots and your laser rifles and all that other stuff you're fairly limited <laughs> yeah yeah um it's just that red dead 2 was so good i would just like more stuff out of that um so you don't have to get this if you don't is it is optional for it's GTA an optional thing. okay but see as to even though it's optional there's still going to be the incentive for for those people that play this game probably like multiple times a week um, there's going to be the incentive of like, oh yeah, we play this game all the time. We should probably get this thing. Um, so you said six dollars a month. Six dollars a month. So that's more expensive than Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. which offers you like highly produced television shows such as Servant, which I reviewed and absolutely loved this week, and Suspicion, which I also recently reviewed. Um, yeah, that's 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 quite something. So, uh, what do you make of 
this anyway. I mean, they wouldn't do it if people weren't willing to pay for it. It just makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing that, you know, people spend half a million for a monkey NFT. It makes no sense. Yeah. Supposedly, and I don't know if this is true, but but supposedly some air quote artist duct taped a banana to a wall and it sold for like 150 grand. Hmm. Or you can buy a blue square. Or you can buy a blue square. Hmm. Yeah. You can also get one for free on a, a place called Google Images. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> oh, dear. What a time to be alive, eh, man? Um, There's an ancient Chinese curse saying that may you live in interesting times, and that's clearly the case. I'd like life to be a little less interesting right now. Mm. Um, yeah. So, there we go. Um, I, I So, NFTs have become a bit of a trend and stuff, and we talked about that. Let's not make this subscription thing a trend as well because you can just see like Ubisoft and EA would look at this and they'd be like oh they, they, they're doing that we can do this we can have like a FIFA Ultimate Team subscription or Ubisoft would look at it and be like hey we've got Rainbow Six what online games do they have like Rainbow Six Extraction and that and be like oh we can do a Rainbow Six Extraction Plus thing um I, I hope Activision doesn't do this with the upcoming COD game as well because I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Infinity War does with that game this year. Um, and that's one that I've really got hope set on. Maybe that's a stupid idea, but you know, I trust the developer. Um, although if if if, I, if Activision does decide like, hey, yeah, with Modern Warfare 2, we're gonna have Call of Duty Plus, that isn't really on Infinity Ward. That's on. Um, Activision, who's in charge of them, so we'll see. Uh, but do you think this will kind of catch on, and other companies will start doing this plus thing? God, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not as well. So, like on top of PS Plus or Game Pass Ultimate and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, let's move on from that. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, we touched on the the possible um, Sony monthly pass. Uh, Microsoft has announced some specific numbers with their Game Pass, and it's uh, quite shocking. So in an interview with a blog post, uh, Microsoft's Chris uh, Charla revealed the specific numbers um, for that. He says for ID at Xbox, uh, which is Microsoft's independent game publishing program, Mm -hmm. uh, that has paid to indie developers more than $2.5 billion in royalties since the program debuted. Uh, while the total revenue from ID and Xbox partners has almost doubled over the last three years. Um, the ID and Xbox program has uh, 4,600 developers from 94 countries signed up at the time, um, with more than 1,000 developers in the last year alone. Um, so if you do that rough math, that's almost a million dollars per game paid out in royalties. Yeah, that's it, it, it's a lot of money, um, obviously, but yeah, Microsoft likes to do things with a lot of money, which we saw mm. with you know a little sixty-eight billion dollar purchase. I must have pounds. Um, yeah, you know, we speculated. I think it was last week. Somebody asked us about what do we think of Game Pass's uh, kind of future and stuff, and the the whole idea that they sell <coughs> it between sometimes one to ten dollars or whatever it is depending on what offers they've got on the table um and the fact that like when 
Halo Infinite came out, you know, their big new AAA, arguably temple uh, franchise with Halo, which has now got a TV show. Um, you know, that came out, and not only was the multiplayer free, but the campaign you could basically pay between $1 and $10 for, depending on if you were, had access to an offer. Um, and you could play that for that instead of paying $70. It's it's a, a bit kind of mysterious as to how it all works. Obviously, we're not quite involved on the direct business side of Microsoft stuff, but if it's working, and and, and as long as it's working and nobody's getting shortchanged with anything, right? Like, you've got these hard-working developers that are, you know, working their asses off to get these games out for multiple years. Um... You know, as long as they're getting what they're owed and stuff, and there's no, you know, funny business going on, I suppose that's all that really matters. It's just kind of interesting as to how this all works, I suppose. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, obviously the numbers support it, um, and they've got enough games in the program <laughs> and in the pipeline that while they might not be exclusive to Microsoft, um, Game Pass is a reason enough to get in part of it, especially if you're a small uh, developer. A million bucks is a lot of money to keep cranking out or keep working on your game. So it shows the incentive there. Yeah, certainly. All right, what else you got to talk about today? Uh, Well, back in January, QA workers at Raven Software, which is a function of Activision Blizzard, uh, formed the first video game industry union working in North America. Uh, The Game Workers Alliance was created following a labor rights strike that began back in December, and a supermajority of the employees voted for it, which means it'll be formally recognized through the United States National Labor Relations Board, whether it receives official recognition. I can't talk today. Recognition uh, from Activision itself. Um, the union did request officially that Activision Blizzard recognize it. They chose not to do that. Uh, the union formed in the same month that Activision announced it was acquiring. Being acquired by Microsoft for $69 billion. Uh, this week, 15 workers at Raven signed a letter calling on Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella to give Activision Blizzard a nudge, quote, in the right direction. The letter also takes Activision Blizzard law firm Reed Smith to task for its, quote, anti union material on its website. Uh, the letter reads I hope that you will agree that this is a demeaning and insulting approach to employees who are seeking to prove their workplace. That should not be tolerated. Uh, Microsoft Corporate Vice President and General Legal Counsel Lisa Zania gave a statement to the Washington Post in response, saying the company, quote, will not stand in the way if Activision Blizzard management does recognize the union. Microsoft respects Activision Blizzard's employees' rights. Choose whether or not they want to be represented by a national labor organization, and we will honor those decisions. So it was a nice uh, no-comment kind of a comment. Hmm. Yeah. Can, can you like explain a bit how this kind of works? Because I'm not familiar with unionization and that sort of thing. Uh, unions, it's it's one of those nebulous kind of things. In some way, they're really, really good, and in some way, they're really, really bad. Uh, because it gives an organizational structure to a group of employees on a formal level. So um, basically, if a company unionizes... Then they have to elect union board members, which officially represent the employees in any time of uh, labor negotiation or salary negotiation. And on the one hand, obviously, that's good. But uh, here in America, a lot of the unions 
are corrupt as fuck, like mob level corruption. Um, it's like not even funny kind of corruption. Mm. Um, and then typically the unions uh, require fees, so you have to pay a monthly subscription to have your job. Uh, and then those fees go to the union bosses um, for their salary, and they also get paid in to by to politicians for political donations. Um, and those tend to be fairly one-sided. And a lot of times, the people that are paying these union dues don't agree with the politicians that the union supports, and they have no say in it. So. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't have particularly too much to to add. Um, I suppose you know these things can get a bit complicated and stuff, and you know what's in people's contracts and whatnot, and and that sort of thing. Um, all that I can really say is you know from somebody that's a bit more on the outside on these types of things that you know a bit uh, in terms of connected as to what I said a minute ago um as long as devs are paid or people are paid what they're owed so whether it's you know devs or you know studio heads and that sort of stuff um that and you know they're not being pushed too much i know there's a, i know there's a whole conversation around um uh, crunch and things uh which is a a bit of a different thing i suppose but as long as the things are kind of fair um that's what matters if they're not then obviously that stuff needs to be uh looked at which obviously you know we saw an example with the activision stuff and a few years ago with the ubisoft stuff how that kind of blew up with the uh harassment and everything um oh yeah so... i mean I, I, no no doubt denying that uh activision blizzard needs a massive gutting and cleaning with its upper management oh yeah yeah so do several other companies i can think of as well so yeah mainly um arguably bethesda and as i've mentioned before with uh warner brothers um you know for different kind of reasons and stuff so yeah um it's just kind of it's just interesting and kind of yeah at the same time with certain studios that you know that have got just so much potential with what they've got and you just hope that the people that are causing the problems are removed or whatever from the situation or at least sorted out uh which is obviously where the meme comes in as to you know phil spencer phil spencer saying to bobby kotich about like hey here's 70 billion can you just like leave everybody alone <laughs> i suppose so um there's actually a picture of a meme that i saved a while ago back when that purchase happened i meant to send it to you i don't think i did it was basically a picture of this guy did these two guys and uh it was um this guy was handing him some some money or something and it just said in some text like hey i'll i'll pay you 70 billion to fuck off or whatever <laughs> so which it's a lot of money obviously still but um if it gets things better then then that's good i suppose so we shall see. We shall see. Um, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, the last thing I have to talk about is something we've been talking about for the last few weeks is the uh, hacker group Lapsus Dollar Sign. Uh, they've made seven arrests in the UK of mm. uh, seven kids, and I say kids because they're aged between 16 and 21, in the city of London. Uh, the only one identified so far is a 16-year-old kid from Oxford, who goes by the name Breachbase Online. Uh, and the only reason why his name is out there is because apparently he was doxxed 
by fellow hackers on a hacking site for an alleged conflict of interest with business partners. In the kid's possession is 16 point, was 10.6 million pounds of bitcoins and extortion money. Now, they're getting more information about this group. Supposedly, uh, they released 190 gig of sensitive Samsung data. Uh, they did a ransomware attack on NVIDIA, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. But apparently, they also did a, some sort of source code hack on Microsoft itself. Uh, the teens have been released under inve- investigation. Obviously, this is still an ongoing case. So we don't know a whole lot of what's going on. Um, but, yeah, there are... Things are getting serious with this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a kind of predictable shame, is the way that I want to phrase that, as to this being kind of young people. Um, you know, there are some good and nice young people out in the world. Um, I'm still, I guess, young, not as young as these people, but I'm still considered young or whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, people all do this kind of stuff. This stuff happens in the, in the world. Obviously, this is very very big deal a lot of money involved um i'm glad that uh as we continue to follow this story up that things seem to get resolved somewhat um which is good uh but yes it's a shame that young people feel the need to get involved in this kind of stuff and um i know you didn't mention knife crime but you know knife crime is kind of a big thing over here as well and young people are usually involved in that uh which is a which is a shame when you hear about you know, certain things, people getting killed and, and whatnot, so that's always a shame, but uh, yeah, um, it, it is what it is, hopefully it can get sorted out, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there, so what did you want to say about this? Uh, nothing, it's just one of those things that, you know, I work tangentially with cyber security for part of my job, mm-hmm. um, so I can't get into too much specific detail, but that's fine. It's uh, it's something that is not nearly as taken seriously as it should be, uh, just because I've seen the results of it. Um, here where I live, a hospital actually got hit with a ransomware attack, and so pretty much anybody who had been through that hospital had their personal information compromised, um, and the hospital basically had to pay it. So, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, so I guess I can't say it. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh... It's it's a shame what happens. I mean, like you said, I mean, we live in such a day and age where there is so many, there's too many issues to sort out and some of them are going to get focused and some of them aren't, right? Like, like like you said, with online trouble, I guess you could put this under and you've got illnesses and you've got all sorts of other things going on in the world. Um, you've got a country that's currently being attacked, so you've got that going on. Um so yeah, but we get through it the best way that we can, I suppose. So that's that. Uh, you said that was the last thing you had? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, so we don't have any more emails because I read out the two already. One was to do with, obviously, Spartacus, and one was to do with uh, Battlefield. So we've already answered those questions. Again, thank you, everybody, who's writing in at the moment. If you would like to write in to the show, let us know what you think of anything we've discussed or anything that you would like to discuss uh, feel free to write in uh, to Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK as a contact page and information in your show notes. There's also a big email box on the website which a lot of you use uh, if you find that on either the contact page uh, or information in your show notes or on the website versions of the things. Uh, you can find the big email box uh, and you can put your stuff in there. 
Um, you can also use the clickable email name and that sort of stuff. So lots of different ways to write in. Let us know what you think of what we've discussed and anything that you would like to discuss as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast. By the way, uh, Man United have not played for like two and a half weeks, uh, but we return on Saturday against Leicester, which is still six days from now. So, <laughs> uh, so check out all that when that happens. Um, See so yeah, entertainmenttalk.org, uh, podcast platforms, entertainment talk for TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcast. If you like what you've heard today, hopefully, hopefully you did. If you did or didn't, let us know. Either way, uh, but if you did and you want to hear more from us, you can do so by going to the places I just mentioned, entertainmenttalk.org, and search for us on your favourite podcast platform of choice, as you can do that. You can also tell other people, uh, either by just telling them or by using social media, um, about what we're doing and where they can find all the episodes, so please consider doing that if you can. You can also uh, support us through Patreon, there's the $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free ad podcasts and review options, so take a look at that as well, if you'd like to. Um, so that's for the entertainment talk stuff for Geek Town you can find David posting TV and film news over on geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio uh, Geek Town Radio episodes get posted on Tuesday so look out for those Bex is still streaming basically daily I think still over on Twitch uh, Trista B-Y-T-E-S go and give her a follow over there uh, she's doing Tomb Raider on Monday still so if you like Playstation stuff obviously that's a classic so uh, you can go and find her streams over there for that uh, you can find me on Twitch as well for eTalk UK I'll probably be streaming uh, the Pez, uh, Pez, the FIFA career mode, and Dying Light Two from now on. So you can check out those streams on eTalk UK over on Twitch um, for those things. If you've missed any of those, they're pretty much up to date over on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. There's some COD clips and the archive streams and all that sort of thing. So if you've missed any of our previous video streams and stuff, you can find those over on the YouTube channel, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much. Very much. Thanks very much, sorry, for listening, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.